Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the John Cast. We are back. It is nearly 2 p.m., and I am still in my pajamas. That is not on account of laziness. That is actually on account of the fact that I have been working really, really hard today, been editing some stuff right now. Sweet Bear and I, we are in South Carolina, uh, and we have some friends coming down here to meet us in a few days. It's one of our good friends. It's her birthday, and so we'll kind of be taking Thursday, most of Thursday, and some of Friday off, so I'm actually recording this on a Wednesday, and so today was like my big day to kind of get ahead on everything so that I can unplug a little bit and be fully present with Sweet Bear and our friends uh, to celebrate. Big shout out to Rebecca. Uh, It is your birthday, Um, I think tomorrow by the time this comes out. Anyway, that's what I've been doing today. It is a rainy, rainy day here in South Carolina. but about like 65 degrees, which is so much better than Chicago, so I will take it. Uh, welcome to the Johncast, everyone. A few things before we get into today's message. First and foremost, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you listeners who reached out to me on Instagram. I made a request last week that if you listen to this show, I just miss interacting with you all. Um, Don't really have an opportunity via podcast to interact with the audience. And so I asked many of you to, all of you, to DM me. And many of you took me up on that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry if I haven't been able to get back to your DM yet. There were quite a few that came in. But I, I, your feedback is just so valuable to hear your thoughts and what about this podcast is resonating with you, what you enjoy hearing, what you'd like to hear more of, all of it is just so, so valuable. So please listen to me now. Take this as an open invitation. Anytime you want to send me a DM at John Jorgensen on Instagram, just start it with like all caps, JohnCast, and I will make sure to do my best <laughs> to open it. I can't promise that I will um, every single one, but I I just so value it. I love this community. You all are, the community that listens to this podcast are some of the most um, humble, hungry, and open-minded people I have come across, and that is saying something in the Christian world especially. And so you are a special group of people, and I very much value your feedback. Speaking of that feedback, some of it, uh, a lot of it actually included um, me asking you all about some of your favorite episodes. And apparently some of y'all's favorite episodes were ones where I kind of went back and looked at some old Instagram posts and just did some rumination on kind of where I was then versus where I am now, which first of all, was so surprising to hear that you all really enjoyed those episodes because that was literally just an idea that I had. And I even expressed it on the podcast, how I thought, oh, this is kind of arrogant. I'm reading my own content and then talking about my own content on a solo podcast. But apparently something about it really resonated with you all. And for me, I love nostalgia. I love looking back. And so before we get into the message today, I wanted to do one of those, um, and I was just kind of scrolling through before I hit record, and I found one that, um, yeah, just kind of really spoke to me. So this is a post 
uh, from July 19th, 2018. So about 18 months ago now. And it's a picture. Um, the picture is of me praying in a room. I'm not actually praying. I just, full disclosure, I just set this photo up. Um, but I was at a CIY. <laughs> I can't believe I just admitted that to all of you, but it's true. Got to do it for the gram sometimes. Um, Anyway, the idea was I, I, I had some thoughts that I wanted to put down and I didn't necessarily have the right picture to go along with it, so I just made it. I was at a CIY MOVE event. CIY stands for Christ in Youth, um, and I've spoken at several of their events over the last couple summers. Um, and I, I, I remember I kind of wrote this or penned this before taking the stage that night in front of a couple thousand high school students. Um, so I'll read it and then I'll explain a little bit more of the context. The caption says this, three great pieces of advice I've received this year as a speaker. First of all, really interesting that I still in 2018, summer 2018, I still referred to myself as a speaker. Um, I have since in the last 18 months really made a transition. I, I don't really refer to myself as a speaker anymore. More, I refer to myself more as a teacher, a Bible teacher, or even sometimes if I'm feeling risky and super comfortable, might even refer to myself as a pastor. Uh, but very, very seldom, maybe a lot of times I'll use communicator, very seldom do I call myself a speaker anymore. Um, some, there are some reasons for that. Um, I, I think it's more accurate. What I do is teach. Um, I always seek to, uh, in part, not just information, but also transformation in the sermons that I put together. Um, and so I think communicator and teacher or pastor, I've just found it resonates with me more. And I think it more accurately describes what I do. But anyway, um, so three great pieces of advice I've received this year as a Speaker. One, find what makes you unique. Two, let the audience see you. Three, never let a message come out of you that first isn't first working in you. I remember all three of those. This is John in the present talking. I remember all three of those pieces of advice. I remember who gave them to me, and I even remember where I was when they gave it. That's how foundational those pieces of advice were and are for me as a teacher and as a communicator. Um, I'll continue reading on, because I think I talk about who gave me the advice. Um, this advice has come into my work at the perfect time. As I begin to teach more and more often, I find myself tempted to just lean on, quote, technique, especially when I'm tired or overwhelmed by the number of talks I have to craft. So interesting that I called them talks. I don't call them talks. I call them messages or teachings now. It's interesting how we change. Um, going on. Stage presence is important. Knowledge is key. Structure is imperative. I always want to be growing in my technique but you can give the best sermon in the world. And if you don't allow the congregation to truly see you and to see God through you, then you're just hiding. You're hiding behind clever phrases, funny stories, or an energetic style. I don't want to be a teacher. Ooh, there I am. I don't want to be a teacher that hides. I want to be a teacher whose authenticity and vulnerability draws others out of hiding. Okay, John. Not bad, 2018, John. 
And then uh, I finished it off by saying thank you at Steve Ryan Carter, at Jeannie Stevens, and at Jarrett Stevens for being fantastic resources and teachers. So, wow, great. Love it. Um, those are Steve Carter, uh, Jeannie Stevens, and Jarrett Stevens. Those are the three people who gave me those three pieces of advice. Steve Carter gave me the advice of find what makes you unique as a communicator, which is so interesting and so valuable for me because... I think I spent a really long time at the beginning of my career sort of on stage uh, as a teacher and as a communicator trying to be somebody else, trying to be this, uh, you know, really energetic or really passionate or like... Um, like a Stephen Furtick type style. I think I was really just copying people who I loved. And that's part of the creative process, I think, when, when you start to create or when you start to um, put some sort of art together, you usually start by copying someone who inspired you. But then the the journey of really the, the real artist is discovering your unique voice. And I remember Steve spoke that into my life at a time when I really, really needed it because as we'll, as the post talks about and as we'll continue to talk about as I talk about this, the summer of 2018 was really the first time for me that I considered myself to be quote-unquote fully booked as a speaker, as it were, or as a teacher. Um, I did, I believe, three camps, that three week-long camps that summer, plus I had three or four other speaking engagements. It, I, was, I was traveling a lot. I was teaching more than I ever taught before. And with that, it was so important for me to hear Steve talking about the importance of finding out, hey, who are you as a communicator? And I remember he gave me a very practical thing. He said, what are three adjectives that describe you as a communicator? And I think that's something we can use for anything, even outside of Bible teachers. You know, if you... If you are an athlete, what, what are three adjectives that uniquely describe you as an athlete or you as an actor or you as a singer or whatever your art or creativity is? Um, the second piece of advice, let the audience see you. That was Jarrett. Um, my pastor, uh, Jarrett Stevens at Soul City Church, gave me that piece of advice and continues to give me that piece of advice. Um, I have a tendency to hide, as I talk about in the post, I have a tendency to hide behind technique. As a kid who grew up doing theater, as someone who has performed professionally as an actor, I know what it takes to be on stage. I know what it takes to have stage presence and be charismatic and all of those things. I don't say that as an arrogant thing. It's if you do something your whole life, you get pretty good at it. Um, and Jarrett recognized that right away. And while that is a strength, I can also use that as a way to not truly be vulnerable on stage and truly show the congregation or the group that I'm speaking in front of, truly show them who I am and who God created me to be by hiding behind, as I talk about, you know, funny stories, clever phrases, and an energetic style. And Jarrett, I'm so grateful for him because he continues to push me into more and more openness and more and more authenticity and vulnerability. And then the, the final piece of advice, never let a message come out of you that isn't first working in you. That is from uh, my pastor, Jeannie Stevens, at Soul City Church. That was actually not 
given to me directly, but she, I remember she said that in a message one time and it resonated with me so deeply because again, this was a point where I was beginning to teach more and more. I was having to put out more and more content than I've ever had to do before. And so very quickly I started running into that issue of, hey, I'm writing this thing and I'm not even sure I've learned this thing yet. You know, I'm writing this lesson about generosity or I'm writing this lesson about humility or I'm writing this lesson about, you know, remaining in the presence of God. And I'm not even sure I'm practicing this stuff because I'm teaching so much that I don't even have the time to practice it. And so these three pieces of advice were at the time and continue to be truly foundational to who I am and who I want to be and seek to be as a communicator and as a teacher. But I think that the reason I wanted to share this post is because I think these three pieces of advice, as we've sort of hinted at, they extend to whatever it is that you do. Even if you know, you're a stay-at-home mom, guess what? Find out what makes you unique. If you wanted to say who compares themselves more than perhaps any other group I've ever met, it's moms. You know, I have so many conversations with young mothers who are struggling comparing themselves, you know, or whether it's, you know, in your relationship with a significant other, marriage, dating, whatever. How about letting that other person see you? Don't put on this sort of fake facade as this perfect girlfriend or perfect husband. Let them see you with vulnerability. Um, and then never let a message come out of you that isn't first working in you. Uh, I think we, if you listen to this podcast, you have a desire to, to know God more deeply um, and to develop and move forward in your faith. And part of that is output. Part of that is showcasing the love of God in the world. Absolutely. However, so often I think we skip the step of allowing God to work something in us and to plant something in us before it comes through us. You know, we I've used this phrase all the time, like the good news, it needs to come to us first before it comes through us. And so we need to, all of us, I believe, set up our lives in a way where we are open and we allow ourselves space to receive what God has for us first before it flows through us and out into the world. So y'all said you enjoyed those, so hopefully you enjoyed that. All right, uh, that was fun. I really enjoy doing those types of things. Um, so we have a message today, and we're going to get to that. Uh, but first, I want to take a short break. Hey friends, it's John again. A quick word before we get into today's message. If you are listening to the Johncast, specifically on Apple Podcasts, it would be a huge help if you would take about 10 seconds right now or after you listen to this episode to just leave a quick review. Leave a five-star review. Give a couple sentences of why you like this podcast. It really, really helps more people discover this show. My whole goal with this show, I talk about it all the time, is to help move people forward in their faith, wherever you're at in your journey with God, to help move you forward in it. And I believe and I know that through you leaving a review, that helps more people discover this show and hopefully for more more people just like you have to develop their journey and their faith in God as well. And so I hope you'll just take two seconds, leave a quick review, and now back to the John cast. 
All right, friends, let's do this. We are continuing our series King Mode today, in which we're talking about what it looks like to truly make Jesus king over your life. And if you listened last week, we talked about how each and every one of us has a kingdom. Each and every one of us has an area of our lives where we are in charge. We are the leader. And we talked about how part of our innate calling as humans is to use our influence in our kingdoms to show or represent to the world who God is. And if you missed that, please go back and listen to it, because today we are stepping away from looking at our kingdom, and we're beginning to look at God's kingdom. Now, if you have spent any time in church whatsoever, you have probably heard that phrase, God's kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. By the way, those two are synonymous. Uh, Specifically in the Gospels, Jesus uses the phrase, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, basically interchangeably. They are describing the same thing. It's more of a matter of semantics. And So here's what I want you to do. Um, Because this phrase is one that I'm sure several or many of you who are listening are familiar with, right now, right where you are, I want you to kind of come up with your own definition of this phrase based on your experience. Maybe you've heard it in sermons before. Maybe it's just come up in small group conversations with people who like to use Christianese phrases. Uh, maybe, maybe you've listened to a podcast about the kingdom of God. Maybe you've read it in a book. Maybe you have come across it in scripture. They're just based on your current understanding and current experience, what does the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven mean to you? Just come up with that in your head right now. Did you check to see if your podcast stopped? I know for me, sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast and the host will take a long pause, I like check my phone to see if I'm getting a phone call or to see if it just quit the podcast app for some reason. Did I trick you? Maybe. I don't know. Hopefully I did. Um, I'm sure right now we have a lot of different answers floating out there amongst the John Cast listeners, yes? Perhaps some of you, when you think of the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, you have pictures of a disembodied heavenly reality somewhere in the clouds with trumpets and pearly gates and people with wings, yes? Others of you maybe thought about Jesus's second coming, where he promised to come and take full control of the earth once and for all. And still, I'm sure there's others of you who you just kind of have a big old question mark in your head right now because you've never heard that phrase before or you have and no one has ever really defined it for you at all and you don't really know what the kingdom of heaven is. And if that's where you're at, I want you to know that is totally okay because that's where we're going to be going. That's what we're going to be talking about over the next four or five weeks of this series. But for starters, so that we sort of have a shared understanding and so that we're all kind of taking off from the same point, let's start with a simple working definition. Some of you, when you heard that phrase, might have thought about last week's lesson. And you heard the word kingdom and you heard the word God together, and so you're already thinking that maybe it has something to do with God being in charge or God's rule. And if that's where your mind went, 
then good on you, mate, because that is precisely right. Very simply, the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven refers to God's rule and reign. And this is a theme or idea that is developed all throughout Scripture from the very, very beginning. Uh, We talked about this a little bit last week, Genesis chapter 1. God, he creates the world, and God is in charge of it. And the way that God chooses to enact his rule in the world is through human beings. But of course, by Genesis 3, human beings rebel, and they try and create their own kingdoms. And so then the rest of the story of the Old Testament is essentially the story of God seeking to reestablish his kingdom through humans, specifically through the nation of Israel. And we read about how God makes a covenant with Abraham, and that's when the idea of God's kingdom is sort of physicalized into this one nation, this one kingdom, through whom, hopefully, if they are faithful, God is going to rule the world. But then, of course, we read through the life of Moses and Joshua and David and Solomon, and we learn that these people are not always faithful. And eventually, what happens is because of their unfaithfulness and their disobedience to God, God's people, the nation of Israel, they are driven into exile. Their nation is overtaken by the Babylonians, and they're carried off into exile. Then we read in the prophets, the, all those long poetry books at the end of the Old Testament, we read the prophets speaking about a time where God himself is going to come down and become king himself amongst his people and bring his kingdom, reestablish the kingdom of Israel, but not the old Israel, but a new Israel, a new Jerusalem, a new kingdom. And specifically, the prophet Isaiah talks about this a lot. And if you're interested in sort of a a prophetic description of what the kingdom of God is and what the kingdom of God looks like, I highly recommend that you read all of Isaiah chapter 40 through 66. That's essentially what the prophet is talking about for almost 20 chapters, is what it looks like when God comes and brings his kingdom. We'll get to that in coming weeks. But for now, I think it's safe to say that the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God is one of the most misunderstood and underrepresented aspects of the entire gospel message. I'm guessing if you grew up like I did, you probably heard that phrase in church, and yet no one ever actually sat down and gave you a definition. Perhaps this whole idea of the kingdom of God being present all throughout the Old Testament, maybe you are hearing that idea for the first time. Yes, you didn't even know that the kingdom of God was talked about before Jesus talked about it, right? So this, it's, I'm just trying to bring up this idea that the kingdom of heaven, while we talk about it a lot, we define it very little, which is very ironic because it is precisely the thing that Jesus talked about most. In the Gospel of Matthew, for example, Jesus uses the phrase kingdom of heaven over 50 times. And not only that, but it was actually the very first thing that Jesus preached on when he started his ministry. 
In the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, after Jesus has been baptized, after he heads into the wilderness to be tempted, he goes to Galilee and he begins to preach. And the very first words of the very first sermon we read from Jesus say, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. First of all, it's like the shortest sermon I've ever heard. I want to go to that guy's church. But second of all, in those nine simple words, we get our first glimpse into what this kingdom of heaven might be. Or we get our first clue into one of the aspects of what God's rule and reign is. And the first clue is very simple, even though we don't talk about it very much. The first thing we learn, according to Jesus, about the kingdom of heaven is that the kingdom of heaven is near. This means that the rule and reign of God is not some far-off, distant thing in the clouds. But at the start of his ministry, Jesus is making a claim that right now, with his arrival, God is in charge here and now. And if this is true, if this is true, that the kingdom of heaven has actually come near in the person of Jesus, then that means that you can experience God's near kingdom now. You actually have access to God's kingdom here and now. God's kingdom is actually close, at hand, next to, alongside, all around you. Do you see what I'm saying? In other words, you don't have to wait until some bright morning in the future, but the rule and reign of God, the power and presence of God, the light and love of God, all of that is wrapped up in his kingdom and his kingdom can be experienced now. And some of you listening to this podcast, you have this picture of God as though he is distant. He's far off from you. Maybe that he's uninvolved in your life. Maybe even that God is uninterested in you. And while it may feel like that sometimes, I want you to know that the gospel writers paint a very different picture of a God who not only brings himself, but brings his entire kingdom near to his creation. You see, God doesn't want to just sit off on a throne somewhere and watch us struggle, but God wants to get into the mess of humanity and bring about justice where there has been brokenness. God actually wants to get in the game and bring righteousness where there's wrongdoing, bring goodness where there's been evil, bring hope where there is despair. That's what it means for the kingdom of God to be near, at hand, present among you right now. You with me? And so, of course, the question is, if God and his kingdom really are close at hand, then how does this change the way I live right now? How does this change the way that I get out of bed? How does this change the way that I go to school and face the struggles that I'm facing, knowing that God and his kingdom are close to me? A lot of you who listen to this podcast know that Sweet Bear and I just lost a very close friend of ours. Um, He died very suddenly and So right now, we are walking through a grieving process, and I want you to know that that process has included pain and hurt and frustration and tears 
and confusion. It's included all of that. But during that process, we also have been clinging to a promise that God and his kingdom are near to us, even in and especially in this time. When describing the kingdom, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. And in this time, I can truly say we have experienced the comfort of God's presence. We've experienced it through prayer. We've experienced it through our amazing community that has surrounded us so well. We experience it through one another. We have experienced that God, he is near to the brokenhearted. His kingdom is here and at hand. And so what about you? What are you walking through right now that you need a fresh reminder that God and his kingdom, they're near to you. God hasn't left you to walk through this alone. And to help you sort of process that hopeful reality, I've, I've put together, as always, a next step practice that can be downloaded through the link in the description. But for now, my prayer for you is actually very simple. My prayer is that as you go, that you would draw near to God's kingdom and that God's kingdom would draw near to you. I love you all. Keep being awesome.